Belgium. Remains a very, very good FA Cup final. And Hatchin! Good evening and welcome to All Things Sky Blue. Uh, this is a bit of a, a Sky Blue, uh, All Things Sky Blue special for World Mental Health Day. Um, I'll be shortly joined by uh, one of All Things Sky Blue's very own, Danny White, uh, who's going to discuss sort of uh, his problems that he's had with gambling in the past. And we've also will also be joined with by uh, Keith, who's Josh's uh, uncle. Uh, and he's going to come on and, and give us his little bit of story as well. Um, obviously, it is sort of World Mental Health Day. Uh, so, again, um, you're not alone. Uh, you know, always our doors at All Things Sky Blue uh, are always open. So, please, uh, if you feel like you need to talk to somebody, uh, message us, DM us personally, or just the page if you want to. Uh, please uh, don't feel that you are alone. Uh, talk to somebody. As you can see down the bottom, uh, if you do need immediate help, uh, you know, the Samaritans are always there 24-7. You can call them on 116123. You can also call triple uh, one uh, and select option two, or you can always call 999 if you do need uh, immediate help as well like you said you're not alone uh, there's always there is always somebody that you can talk to uh, and maybe somebody that's been in the same position uh, as you guys obviously on this world mental health day um obviously i'm going to bring danny in now hiya danny you okay yeah good thanks Stuart. thank you are. yeah not too bad thank you uh thank you ever so much for uh, coming on and and sharing your story uh, in a moment with us. But it's a little bit of a, um, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, an achievement today, isn't it? Just tell us how long it's been for you. Yeah, five years today was um, my last bet. Um, so from gambling almost, I think it's 39. I was 39 when I stopped. So I was, I was probably gambling for... 25, 26 years of those. So to go five years about gambling is, yeah, wow. it's, a, it's a massive achievement for me, really. Wow. Congratulations on that one, buddy. Congratulations. Thank um, you. And we'll bring Keith in. Hiya, Keith. Hi, Stuart. You all right? Yeah, not too bad, mate. You? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good, good, good. Um, the uh, Obviously, you know Danny, don't you, uh, by, uh, by obviously where you guys sort of go and, and seek your help from, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, a, he's a good, good, he's a very good member to our group. Good. Uh, that's what we like to hear. Uh, he's a good one to ours as well. So I'll get that in as well, Danny. Um, so again, thank you both uh, so very much for coming on, uh, especially on uh, World Mental Health Day as well. Uh, it's much appreciated. So if uh, if you want to go first, then, Danny, if you want to tell us your story uh, and uh, and we'll sit back and, and have a listen. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so f first of all, when I was 
young, uh, really young age, probably 11 or 12, uh, I used to go on holiday to uh, Cornwall, St. Ives in Cornwall. Um, and me and my brothers used to spend the majority of our times in, in the arcades, um, just waiting for money to fall off the machines or trying to sort of knock a machine to, to try and get some money or just literally playing on video games where you, you could just sit and play and play in there without any money in it and just just generally hanging around arcades um, during the holiday. Um, we'd obviously do, do other bits and bobs during the holiday, but a lot of the time we just spent the majority of our time in there because we didn't really see those sort of things back home in, in Coventry. Um, and then at, at night time, we'd then go to like a pub and play a few games of pool. And my dad would tend to get change for the fruit machines. And we used to sit there, stand there with my dad and we'd be pressing the, the buttons and things like that on the fruit machines. Um, so from an early age, every year we used to just basically do that in the arcades. Um, and then as, as I sort of got older, um, it then sort of, I could, I used to be able to get served quite, when I was young, about 14, 15. Um, so I'd go to my local social club um, and I'd be lots, sort of playing on the fruit machine and just basically using any money I had because I'd got part-time jobs and glass collecting jobs and things like that. So I'd be just wasting my money on on that. Um, I remember a couple of times I'd, I'd win the jackpot and because they thought I looked 18, I could I could collect it and things like that. Um, so I just kept on doing that really and sort of losing money and winning money and winning the odd jackpot here and there. Um, and then it got to a stage where the, the, the bookies then got these things called online uh, betting terminals, um, which were, which basically was you could go on like a machine and feed notes and there was roulette on there and, different different games and it was sort of like a bit of a game changer really in the in the bookies really because usually the bookies was just sort of betting on football or horse racing or things like that where the, these online things were sort of addictive really you used to sit there and and play on the roulette and just feed the feed the machine money and bits and pieces so I, I got sort of addicted to sort of playing on those and Again, playing on fruit machines and just just generally betting on anything really. Um, and this was at a sort of an age of about sort of eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Uh, but when you, when you were betting in those days, the the bookmakers were only open most of them till sort of five o'clock at night, and they, they had set hours, not like the hours you've got now, where they're literally open at sort of nine in the morning till. 10 at night um so what used to happen is you'd you'd go there and lose your money and you'd get 200 pound out of the bank lose the 200 pound on the machine and then get 50 quid out and then that was your that was basically your daily limit you couldn't get any more money out that day um again i did have little wins here and there and it was just stupid things really you'd, you'd have sort of i don't know you'd be something like 397 pound up on a fruit machine but you wanted to get 400 but before you knew it the 397 quid was down to zero and you lost a lot in literally sort of 
five, ten minutes because you on these machines you knew exactly what number was going to come up because once you played them so much, you knew the sort of the way the machine was going or the way the ball was moving, it was going to land on a specific number. Um, so it was mainly betting on those and um, lending money off my, my dad. Every month it was, Dad, can you lend me 50 quid? Next, give him the money back. Next month, Dad, can you lend me 50 quid? Can you lend me 100 quid? Literally almost working for free because I'd be spending my money with, I'd get paid on the 25th of each month and then within a week, the money's basically gone and I'm into an overdraft and I'm just, I'm skimped for the rest of the month. And then it sort of, I remember one day, I sort of, I discovered online gambling. Um, so I was just, I just, one night I got home, I think it was on a Monday night, and I, I registered for William Hill. And I'd never, ever gambled online in my life. And I remember I just couldn't believe it. I was just, I was sitting on the sofa at home, and I was I was now gambling, literally, on anything. So I was, the first I remember it. It was the first week for this new account. I was on a week's holiday, and I gambled. I reckon almost probably seventeen, eighteen hours a day for seven days uh, on a William Hill account. And I think at the end of the week, I ended up probably about thirty quid up or thirty quid down. Um, and it was just constant. I was betting on tennis. I wasn't even looking at. I didn't even know the odds. I didn't even know who was playing. I was literally betting on odds who was the the favourite, and then I'd be, all I'd be doing is during the the match. I'd be looking at the odds changing, and then by looking at the odds changing, I knew who was winning the match. I didn't even sort of. I rarely had the actual game. I was rarely watching the game. It was just just the odds. Um, so I just I continued to do sort of online. Um, I then open one account and then I'd, I'd have like I said wins and majority of the time I'd lose and then I would self-exclude from one bookies um, and then within hours or a couple of days when I've decided I needed to bet again I'd then open up another one so it's just a constant cycle of like open a open a, an account self-exclude open an account self-exclude I must have opened up, I don't know, 50 different online bank, 50 online gambling accounts. So I kept on going like that, really, just constantly betting. Um, all of my friends were going out and doing things. And there was me on a Saturday night, worked all week, Monday to Friday. Um, and I was just at home with literally not a, not any money whatsoever. Um so I couldn't do anything. So then obviously it does play with your mental health and you get depressed and you get, you're looking at all your friends doing things and you're just there at home, sitting on the sofa, watching telly, doing, doing nothing. So again, I just, just kept on gambling. Um, and then I, I moved, my, my, uh, my brother um, met his um, wife and I, I was currently living with him at the time. So then I then moved to my own uh, flat locally um, in uh, Tile Hill. Um, so I was living on my own, um, managing my finances. I weren't great at managing finances. There were times where I'd ask my mum to look after my money. 
my brothers to look after my money. But at the end of the day, you just lie to get the money. You just tell you tell them you need fifty quid for for something, and you just end up gambling it and things like that. So we got to a stage where I was sort of struggling big time, living on my own. Um, I think it was a bank holiday Monday, and I'd I'd spent all my wages at weekends. Um, and all my bills were coming out on the Tuesday, but I'd literally spent all of my wages on over the weekend on on gambling. So I was thinking, how do I get this money to pay bills on a Tuesday? So I then discovered payday loans. I'd never used payday loans. Well, in fact, I had used payday loans probably on a couple of occasions, but I thought payday loans were just loans where you, you went into town and they give you I don't know, a couple of hundred quid, but you had to physically go and get the payday loan. Um, but the, what I didn't realise, you get payday loans online. So within sort of five, ten minutes, you could lend £100, £200, whatever you want, but then you've got to pay almost double back over a period of time. So I then sort of got involved in sort of payday loans and using payday loans. I'd never really borrowed to gamble. But then and I was getting to a stage where I was borrowing money and using it to gamble, especially with these payday loans. So I was just getting more and more payday loans. I, I met, met my, my current partner at the time. She sort of knew I was gambling, um, but not to the extent I was gambling at the time. So I just kept on racking up more and more payday loans. I got up to, I think it was about 11 or 12 payday loans. Um, I literally was just, again, I'd exhausted all avenues of credit. I'd used sort of 40 or 50 bookmakers. Now I was using sort of 40 or 50 payday loan companies. Um, So I couldn't get any any more credit. I was struggling. I was lying. I was asking my girlfriend to lend me money. I was then, when I was getting money, I was then saying I lost 20 quid on the floor. Can I have another 20 quid? just literally lying even to her, her parents and things like that just to get money because I was I was that desperate. Um, I was gambling literally all the time. I'd wake up in the morning at uh, 6, 7 o'clock. I'd be betting then because you get all sorts of bets you can put on because there's like tennis and sort of table tennis and snooker and football. You can bet 24-7 if you want. Um, so I was betting all, all, all day. I was betting when I was in work. Um, it was just continually, and I was, I was almost falling asleep um, with a phone in my hand again, betting when I went to bed. So it then got to a stage where it was just massively out of control. I was, like I said, I was gambling all the time. I was, I was going out with my partner. Um, she would be looking at some clothes or something, and I'd then go down another aisle and. I'd be betting on a football match that you sort of have rendered the, rendered the world, which you didn't have a clue about, uh, just constantly sort of hiding. Um, she'd be on the sofa and I'd be at the other end of the sofa and I'd be looking at bets and she'd be in bed and I'd be sort of at the other side of the bed looking at what the football scores were. And I'd be going to bed at two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning, betting on anything or... Sometimes I'd have a go on slots and, and things like that. So it got to a stage, like I said, where it was just out of control. My, my incomings 
weren't covering my, my bills. Um, and then my girlfriend sort of said, look, you need, you need help. You need to sort yourself out. And I went to a, a company called um, Step Change, which they looked at all of my debts um, and they set me up a, a, a payment plan so I could pay all my debts off. Uh, they didn't charge me any money because they were charity, um, but they they worked out what I could what my money was and what I could pay out and stopped all sorts of credit with all these companies and so I could then afford to pay all these these debts off and still have the the amount of money to to do things I wanted to do. Um, so that was great. My, my sort of my money was sort of being managed a bit more. I'd, more to spend but again I was I was still gambling um and then I just I just kept on gambling even more I then took out another two uh payday loans on top of being sort of in control of paying the previous ones back which sort of hid from a hid from a partner I was then starting to to gamble again um and then my partner just asked to look at my my bank account sort of said, look, you've got to get help. You've got to go and sort of see uh, Gamblers Anonymous. Um, so I showed him my bank account um, and it was literally just a mess, basically. It was money going in from a betting company where I'd won a bit of money and majority of it going out to them and payday loan going in uh payday loan going out it was just if someone had looked at my bank account I, I actually thought it was that bad i could have been arrested because it was just so it was so bad um she said look you need to get yourself help um i, I just put it off and just I thought i don't really want to i don't really want to go and i remember when i was 20 23 24 i was looking at going to gamblers anonymous then um and obviously it didn't it took me until i was sort of 39 to actually make the first step so i eventually went to the meeting um i remember now it was like a thursday night i didn't i didn't really have a clue what was going to be happening um got there and you just all of a sudden you just got people asking you questions and like who's looking after you who's looking after your money and don't have control of your money and don't have a mobile phone. Don't watch football, cancel your email address. Um, just literally everything, tell your partner everything. And so the first meeting was good. It, it just gives you lots of information. Um, believe me, it's not, it, it's not some sort of, it, you get a lot of people asking you questions and some of them are awkward questions and, you get a lot. You can get a lot of con confrontation. Confrontation to start with because everyone's there to try and help you. So yeah, I went home. Sorry. Before you carry on, how did you on that first meeting? How did you actually feel? Um, just got like, dead nervous. I remember sitting outside and I thought I don't really know what to to expect here. And then sort of I got there and the the couple of people that were chairing the meeting sort of. They said to me, "This is this is this your first meeting and things like that," and that was good. They sort of the first, the two people that were chairing the meeting on that night then sort of acted as my like mentors. They give me their numbers and they were 
they used to give me some like lifts to and from the, the meetings. Um, but it is daunting. You've got, I don't know, 30 people in the room um, all looking at you because you're the, you're the newbie, basically. Um, but what they what they done is they took me into a room privately, two of the members, and sort of went through things and told me to tell my partner everything. And that's when I had to tell my partner I'd also got another two payday loans, which she didn't think I had. So then I had to go in there and sort of go tell her I had these loans. And in the end, she was all right about it. But And then I just put things into sort of practice, really. I was attending these meetings sort of twice a week. They were really good meetings because as the the meetings progress over the weeks and months, you're then sort of progressing as a person, but then you see another person walk through the door who's in sort of the same mess as you are, and it, it almost gives you your medicine then to sort of continue because you don't want to be back like they were. Um, so I was putting things into practice, like blocking, um, self-excluding through Gamblock. Um, I was then, my girlfriend was in charge of my finances, so any payments I made were through a Monzo card, which is a, a card where every transaction pops up on her phone so she can see I was spending money on a, um, a, a cup of tea or anything. She could see exactly what I was spending money on. So I've done things like that. Um, obviously, keep attending meetings. Um, and then I was just progressing all the time. I was I was more sort of alive at home. When you're gambling, you you tend to just be in a, your own your own little world and things like that. Um, so I just kept on attending and eventually got my my first year without gambling. Um, and there was a a meeting um, where we we all got like what's called like a one year pin. Um, so that was good. It was all the um, relatives and family came to the the, the pinning session um this is when I, I just told my dad um not straight away but sort of well into my sort of first year i eventually told my dad he i'd been on sort of gambling and because he was a gambler himself um and he came to my first pinning session um and i remember sort of the, the first sort of couple of messages he used to send me were sort of so proud of you for for stopping gambling and things like that. And I'm, I'm glad I told him really, because within sort of just over a year of sort of me attending meetings or a little bit longer, he passed away through COVID. So it was good that I actually told him that I was attending. And I just remember the messages he was sending me when I was stopping. And I sort of used that as inspiration to sort of continue and, and stop stop gambling those messages as, as well as for myself and other people as well but ultimately it, it's for yourself um and then it just kept on going like two years three years four years five years like it's five years today um i managed to pay off all of my my debts within the first couple of years um they do say um the, the best thing to do is try and stretch your your loans out because once you pay things off it's almost well what do we do next 
Whereas if you sort of stretch your loans out over a sustained period of time, as long as the payments are, are manageable, then it gives you that constant reminder each each month of like why did I gamble and things like that. So yeah, I just I kept on attending and helping other people at meetings and, and being their sort of mentors. It's it's a bit like that now where there's a quite a new a new bunch of people attending. Um, so it's good to sort of give them your experiences and and then I was sort of I've chaired a couple of meetings as well. Um, all it is is a couple of hours a week. I mean, the early days I was attending sort of two meetings a week, which is about four hours. So I mean, what's four hours a a week when you when you're gambling? You've got all you you always make time for it. So two hours or four hours a week to ultimately sort of save your life, which really it it does because the problem with with gambling is it's it's almost like a silent drug. Like if you're if you're on drugs, you can you can almost see somebody's taking something, or if you're drunk, you can't you can see they're drunk. But when you're gambling, you you can't actually see anyone. It's, you can't actually see how that person feels. Um, yeah, because I would imagine I would imagine sort of mentally, you know, you're you're searching for that high, aren't you? Of of that of that big win. Yeah, I mean, it got to a stage where I wasn't just gambling for money at the end. It was just, it, it was just a habit. It was just, and it's almost like an escapism. Yeah. If you, when I was when I was younger and things like that, like a lot of my friends had girlfriends and things like that. So there were there were times where I was just bored. I remember I just used to sometimes I'd be on one of these online terminals and I'd be gambling away. And I was in like a zone, and then I'll just think to myself, when I've done it, what have I just, what have I just done that for? So it's it's not all all the time just about money. It's just, right, okay. But yeah, ultimately, it's, it's nice to win and things like that. But then the majority of the time, when I had money, that was when I actually felt the worst because when I had the money, I knew then that that money was burning a hole in my pocket. So I then wanted to, like. I'd, I'd have money, but I'd I'd hide it in the house or put it into the bed. But yeah. ultimately, two or three days later, you've lost everything again. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a just a, it's a strange thing. Yeah. Um, on uh, on that note, we'll bring Keith in. Hi, Stuart. Hi, Keith. You okay, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Good, good, good. Uh, obviously, uh, you know Danny by going to the uh, uh, Gamblers Anonymous um, sessions as well. Do you want yeah. to just tell us how your story came about and, and give us your uh, how how it happened for you? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so for me, uh, gambling started at the age of 15, 16. It was started off probably with bandits and, you know, going... You know, whether it be in a club, whether it would be in a chip shop or wherever you would sort of be with your friends. And I used, you know, I'd, I'd always, I'd always, if I had five pounds in my pocket and I was going to get chips, it would always end up, or if I was going out, it'd always end up, I'd put a lot of my money into gambling machines. So that was the first demise of my gambling, really. And I'd, obviously at the time I was only young, so I didn't see any sort of problems with it. But 
I sort of started growing up. I got to the age of 18. A, f- a friend of mine uh, was at the bus stop and I was again town. He says, oh, uh, why don't you come and come into the bookies and have a bet that I've got a horse for you. And so I didn't even know what I was doing. But so I uh, so just followed in and obviously, as you know, you'd go in there and that horse would win, wouldn't it? Because that's what would lure you in, wouldn't it? And that's what happened with me. Uh, first horse won, and, and then by then I, I thought, you know, I was unstoppable. I was, I'd be betting on dogs, football, roulette machines had just started coming in. But you know, as Danny said, you know, you started to get used with, you used to what numbers would come in, and all that would, all that was surrounding my head every day. And it's been, it was like that for me from sixteen all the way through to the age of uh, thirty five but for me the big the big sort of the big problems for me came that when I got into my 20s and started earning more money I started gambling more and when I say gambling more uh, I, I, when you go into bookies you, you look around people and people are putting hundreds and hundreds of pounds in where I wasn't one of them people but I would be gambling everything I had in my pocket and then going back to whoever it'd be, whether it'd be my sister, my brother, my mum, or my best friend, whoever I could get money off, I would be gambling it with. And I remember an all-time low of mine. I always remember being in a lot of debt with friends and companies, and I thought to myself, I'm going to get a loan. And I did this while I was at work. And I rem- if I remember rightly, I think I owed at the time something like, seven thousand something that was just in loans to company so i thought i'd take ten thousand pound take get rid of them loans and pay off some of my friends well i did this at work uh in in the morning and i got the loan it was ten thousand pound and i remember i had a william hill account at the time and i remember uh, being at work and i remember just there and then having £10,000 and putting £1,000 into my William Hill account, £2,000, £3,000. And by the end of the day, oh, it was I think I'd lost £6,000 within the space of four hours. Uh, so obviously that £10,000 had come down to £4,000. And I thought, what am I going to do next? I thought, well, I can carry on chasing my money, I suppose. So the next day, I did the exact same and I spent the £4,000. So within two days, I'd spent £10,000 loan all on William Hill. And the embarrassment was one thing. Uh, well, I had to ring up the company and tell them that I'd, I didn't have it for this, didn't have it for that. And I managed to get an agreement with the company. I, I explained what I did. But in between all this, uh, I'd met uh, my, my wife, who I'm now with her, and... I kept everything secret from her. We we sort of we were together, you know. We kept things together, but some monetary value things, you know, I'd keep away from her, and I managed to keep it away from her for a long, long time. And I always remember just before my little, I had, we had our first girl, and then when when my first my boy would have been, yeah, we found out in two thousand and seventeen, was going to have a, a boy, and. It was great feeling, and even though gambling was massively in the heights of things, I remember being, being around, and I remember my wife just before 
we're just going to give birth to my boy. She would have been 31, 32 weeks away, you know, quite close to having him. And she, the car, someone had bumped into our car and it was a write-off. So she went to the bank to go and get a loan. And we had a joint account and they said to my wife, look, you need to speak to your husband. So obviously I had to come clean and admit to her that I had a gambling problem. So what I did first was I went to a company called Aquarius and they have a company in Birmingham. And what they do is they help you with, they help you uh, with gambling. And all it pretty much was, was you talk with somebody for an hour and in between that you'd be filling numbers out of how you feel. Well, that worked for a couple of months and obviously it kept my wife away from me because I told her that, you know, I'm doing something about my gambling. So three, four, five, six months went down the line. My boy would have been born and it was, I was having a great time. And it come to Christmas and there was £20 on the side. And I took it on Boxing Day. I took it to the bookies. I weren't, and obviously, as you can imagine, I was back in then. I was doing it all over again and was gambling and it was... I would say I wasn't as bad as the first time, but that was only because I couldn't get the money like last time. But every little bit of money I could get, whether it was family members or whoever or friends, I would do my best. Even friends from work, you know, and, you know, some of the things that you do just to get get money for your next bet. And it was it become a really embarrassing state. And then I remember being on holiday with me and the family was down at Devon Cliffs and I remember I had my little boy in my arms and my daughter to the side of me and I thought to myself what would happen if I died tomorrow I thought it's I was thinking to myself they would all know that I'm a bad gambler and I'm a, I'm a I'm a loser and all this and that thought literally took over my whole holiday and spoiled my holiday my you know my first holiday with my little boy and you know anyway when I got home I ended up having to go and see a doctor and the doctor then got me to go to the crisis team because he knew I was in trouble. I wasn't wasn't thinking of suicide or anything along those lines, but my thought process just wasn't right. So when I went to see crisis team after a couple of meetings, in between this time, my family got together and decided that they thought that I've got a problem anyway. So they confronted me. And I told them what the problem was. And the first thing they told me was, was to go back and tell my wife that I'm gambling again. And I, I said to them, if I do that, she'll leave me and I'll never see my children again. But anyway, they they got my head around things. And, you know, I, I decided the next morning when I got back home, I'd go and tell them, but I'd go and tell my wife. But I couldn't, that couldn't lay right in my head. So I went back that night and I told her and like I'd said to everyone, you know, she told me to leave, rightfully so. You know, I've I've done everything, I've done everything wrong, and you know, I'm I'm no good for that. And anyway, so she left me. Uh, I went, I left, and uh, we had, we had a chat for a few days. After a few days, she told me to get myself sorted, and if I got myself sorted, she'd come back and uh, you know we talk about things. So five days, six days, seven days went eight days and obviously it comes about day nine or day ten and I'd got been in touch with uh, Gamblers Anonymous about going to a first meeting I went there and what can I say about Gamblers Anonymous it is it's the one organisation that's saved my life saved my family saved everything I mean you, we can t- we could sit here and talk about 
the debts that we got and stuff, you know. Danny was in the same situation as me, taking loans out, payday loans, everything. But the money meant nothing. It's, it's your humility. And, you know, we'd lost everything, lost it all. And when you get through the doors of GA and you're sitting, with, sitting around people that are the exact same as who you are and they've done exactly what you've done, you get to understand things a little bit better. Well, in between all this, luckily enough, my my family, you know, supported me, my wife, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, great people, absolutely, absolutely backed me. Like, I, I didn't even deserve that backing, you know, And but luckily they did. And them sticking by me and going to Gamblers Anonymous every week. I used to go every Sunday without fail. Saved my life. And, you know, I'm, I'm four and a half years into my recovery now and things are just things are just so much different. I mean we go back to go back to gambling and what it does and you know when you're a compulsive gambler you're chasing something that doesn't exist. So if I if me and me in the middle or Danny in the middle, even if we win a million pounds, we'd have still not been happy because this figure in your head it doesn't exist. We just we just want to go and go and go until until we can't go no more. And that's yeah, that, that's, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, obviously, Danny wasn't necessarily necessarily chasing that high. For you, was it was you chasing that high of winning, or was it the same? It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter. It generally didn't matter. I mean, I could. I, I mean, I've I've bet on cards, football. I've bet on two snails. I could bet on anything. Honestly, it's just. It gets you that bad, and you know, I mean, we—if you go back to thinking of, uh, you know, family gatherings of, of, you know, whether it be Grand Nationals or Cheltenham's or anything, I used to get my family involved in all that. That's how, that's how I felt accepted because them sort of days, they're doing it with you, so you feel normal. But where they'd be, where they'd be putting pound each ways, I'd have that pound each ways sharing with them, but I'd have five pound here, ten pound here, you know. It just gets you, it gets you that bad. And that's how horrible it is for us. And how did, you know, your, going back to your sort of your first day, if you like, um, going into the GA Gamblers Anonymous meeting, how yeah. did, how did that, how did that make you feel? How did you feel on that first day, if you can remember? Frightened, seriously frightened, scared what, what I was doing. But in my head, I knew that I had to do it because. That was the consequence. If I didn't go there, I had no family. So I knew walking through this door was the first step to getting my family back. So whether I liked it or not is one thing, but knowing for a while that there was a chance that I could get my family back meant that I had to go through this door. And going through that door, honestly, the people there are just great. They're just great people. Like Danny says, you know, yeah, you get confronted about things and you will... You you will pro- you'll do your best not to lie in your first meeting, but when they say have you told everything, when you get home you realise no you haven't. There's that, there's that, and you know. But once you sit down and you you start talking to people and you start telling people about what you're going through, life just becomes ever so easy, you know. And mm. everything just takes place. Paying off debts, I think I think I did it in about two years, but uh, you know that like you know like Danny said the they like you, the group like you to try and keep your debts for as long as you can because it makes you realise, makes you think about what you used to be like. So, 
yeah but i had to in the case of uh, it was a mortgage at the time so we paid it off but i know the consequences uh, for gambling and you know whether you know i'm in a strong place now and i'm so so far away from gambling but you never know what's going to happen tomorrow you know i'd like to think for me i'd never do it again because i know what i will lose if i do it again but yeah. no one knows no one ever knows um in regards to the to the meeting can you just can you just turn up or have you got to be referred by a doctor or anything like that that's a question to either of you two no you can you can just you can just turn up but uh, i look after the email side Final and catch it!